Welcome all to the Men of Sorrows Finding Joy podcast. I am William Lloyd, a man of sorrow. Our podcast is committed to supporting and encouraging men to process their grief in order to heal and return to joyful living in the midst of great sadness. Although it is directed toward men, all are welcome to tune in and participate. The reason for Men of Sorrows Finding Joy The reason that it's geared toward men is the fact that in most of the grief support groups I attended after the death of my son, men were noticeably absent. And one of the oft-heard reports of the wives, mothers, and sisters about the men in the family was, they are angry and keep busy. Big boys don't cry was a phrase I grew up with, but here men are invited to cry, mourn, and express their emotions by following the example of the best, bravest, and strongest man that ever lived, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 5.7 says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Isaiah 51 declares Jesus was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Today's podcast is part one of a study called The Eternal View of Suffering. It is part of the Alpha Series workbook and curriculum written by John Glenn. Suffering is part of life. No one is exempt. Um, We avoid it at all cost. But if you love, you will suffer on some level. Suffering is the one thing that makes us doubt God's love for us. And yet... God never said that we wouldn't suffer in life. The eternal view of suffering as outlined by John Glenn is one, do not be surprised. Two, know the end at the beginning. And three, know you can't lose. Today we'll look at the principle number one, don't be surprised. The don't be surprised heading comes from the book of First um, Peter uh, 4.12, where Peter writes, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Now, Peter doesn't specifically name the trials that the Christians were facing. Many scholars believe that it was the persecution that they were facing, being thrown to the lions, things like that. However, he talks about that we participate in the sufferings of Christ. In another place, he talks about how People and brothers and sisters all over are are undergoing the same suffering. But he tells us not to be surprised because God never said that we wouldn't suffer. It, it in fact, if you read through the scriptures and read through Jesus' teachings on the Sermon on the Mount, the parables, everything he taught shows and addresses human suffering. In fact. There's one promise that I don't see people jumping up and down, claiming, (laughs) 
in church. I, I rest on that promise. I claim that one is where Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. And the second part of that is, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So we can claim that one. But he said, the first part of that, he said, you will have trial, tribulation. And the word there is very strong. It means gut-wrenching suffering. In the context of our podcast, I don't think there's really, I don't think there's anything worse than losing a loved one, than, than the suffering of death and grief. It really throws us for a loop. In my case, it was my son, Corporal Liam John Lloyd of the United States Marine Corps. I always used that because that was, that was his pride and joy. Liam loved being a Marine. So I'll always say Corporal Liam John Lloyd, USMC. Um, in the case of Liam and, and his suicide, it, it threw me for a loop. And I taught before Liam took his life on May 9th, 2019, I learned, I had been learning the eternal view of suffering for about 25 years and was actively teaching it in church, in alpha classes, uh, on the radio, and counseling the eternal view of suffering, this eternal view of suffering. I taught it for 20 years. And when Liam died, it didn't, it didn't mean anything to me. I felt like everything I had ever learned, God, the afterlife, everything was just a foggy, hazy dream that I think we all made up, an impossibility. Could have thrown it right out the window. And I tried in the, at the very beginning of this grief journey, I tried with all my might, might to say the eternal view of suffering. Let me review that in my mind. It'll help me. I'll, I'll be okay. And it didn't. It didn't bring any relief. I think one of the reasons was because in the case of suicide, how could that be the sufferings of Christ? In the case of feeling guilty, like I could have prevented it and I should have seen it coming and I should have taken better care of my son who did have a a brain injury, who was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. All of those things, the guilt kept me from experiencing any kind of comfort from God at the time. If If you lost a loved one to suicide overdose or your last words with that person were harsh and they died suddenly there's things that complicate our grief and it needs to be processed so i think there's a couple of things that might keep us from fully embracing this verse as for us so i'm going to read it again dear friends do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So picking that apart, the first thing Paul tells us is don't be surprised as though something strange were happening to you. In the case of bereavement and death, 
it, it certainly isn't strange because the death rate of the human race is 100%. We like to talk about data these days. The data is every single person listening to me is going to die. And every single person that those listening to me love <laughs> are going to die. So it's not a strange thing. And we know that. We kind of push it out of our minds. Nothing prepares us for it. I think one reason is God is life and death is the ultimate end of the, the curse of sin in this world. So... Even though we shouldn't be surprised, it just it throws us for this loop. And it's always too soon. It's always too soon. I remember I heard a preacher talk at a funeral. And he was a chaplain in the hospital and they called him quickly to this room. And he walked in and he said he was about 50 years old at the time. And he saw this much older woman than him. That was 75, 76 years old, crying and saying, Mama, it's too soon. It's too soon. He found out later that the woman that just passed away was 97 years old. 97. And the daughter was still saying, Too soon. Too soon. In the case of my son Liam, he was 29. Too soon. But I would say it's always too soon. So in the case of bereavement, it's not a strange thing that's happening to us. Then he goes on to say, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Now this is a tough one for people to, to even relate to. They say, well, I'm not being persecuted for my faith. <clears throat> In fact, I, I'm suffering because I did something stupid. I, did, I, I was wrong. I did something stupid. So how could that be the sufferings of Christ? Well, I heard it put this way once, that if God didn't want us to suffer, and if he didn't want us to do stupid things, sin, mess up, however we define it, fall flat on our face, transgress. If God didn't want us to ever do that, he would take us home the minute we received him. <laughs> the minute we were born again and knew heaven was our home. He'd take us home. The only reason he lives here, he leaves us here, is that we are partakers in the divine nature. We are the body of Christ. We are Christ to others. Our mission and our meaning and purpose here in life is to love others. God wants you. God wants to love others and he wants to use your life. He wants your life to be one that loves other people. So you are left here for the sake of Christ, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of loving others. So any suffering you do, yes, is for the sake of Christ. It is the sufferings of Christ. 
Another reason why I believe that all of our suffering is the sufferings and co-suffering with Christ is because Christ co-suffers with all of creation. He identifies with us. He became one with us in his death, burial, and resurrection. And I believe that we all, especially the bereaved, have a greater sense of it, that we are part of this eternal sadness that is part of God. And yet this eternal joy, right now I have more joy than I ever have had in my life. And it's mixed, and I might have say I might say this every podcast that I have more joy than I ever had, but it's mixed with this deep sadness too, and it's hard to describe. But Christ suffers with all His creation. I love how Father Richard Rohr, Rohr explains it. Father Richard Rohr writes, "The crucified one is God's standing solidarity." with the suffering, the tragedy, and the disaster of all time. And God's promise that it will not have the final word. The risen one is God's final word about the universe and what God plans to do with all suffering. God fixed it. God fixed it. I had a dream of Liam. He was a young child in the dream and he was running towards me and he said dad god fixed it god fixed it he fixed it all now let's put the responsibility for all suffering where it belongs we put it on god god this this whole creation mankind was all god's idea and god If he is all-knowing, he created the heavens and the earth. He created all things knowing that we would suffer. So wouldn't he be obligated to fix it? And some people say, well, God's not obligated to do anything. We're such worthless pieces of crap. I mean, who would, I mean, do you really want to worship and be around a God with that kind of attitude? Well, you're all worthless pieces of crap, so I'm, you know, I'm going to create you and you're going to suffer. And I don't care if you're suffering because you don't deserve anything. And I'm going to I'm going to somehow get glory. I'm going to get glory for myself. I mean, that that argument and I'm probably misrepresenting it on some level. But God, he has to fix it. <laughs> Or, or we're done. We're, we're, we're to be pitied more than all men. So, yes, I really love that word from Richard Rohr, that Christ suffers, he's in solidarity with us. Richard Rohr also said, to be fully honest, I think our heart needs to be broken and broken open at least once to have a heart at all or to have a heart for others. I see the the suffering, I see my own arrogance. I see how how patient and kind and loving God is as he transforms us and changes us from the inside out. 
He's always teaching us. He wastes nothing. He includes everything. So he does suffer with all creation, and he will have the final say. He will have the final say in all things. And when we talk about death, we talk about suffering and mourning. When we look to the end of all things, we look to the new age, we look to life after death, we look at the promises of Jesus, that's where our hope is. Our hope is not in this life for bad things not to happen. Our hope is not in this life that we're going to live physically in this sin-cursed body forever. Who would want to do that anyway? <laughs> so our hope is in the end of all things. So when we get together next time and we look at the eternal view of suffering, number one that we looked at today, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. If you love, you are going to suffer, right? If you love, the, the Buddhist idea and the Stoic idea is that if you don't get attached to anybody or anything, you won't have to suffer. That's not the life that God has called us to. Before Liam died, I used to teach and I used to sense it. And I would say as a, as a Christian, as a believer, you're going to experience more joy than you ever have in your life, but you're going to experience more pain than you've ever had. There's so many stories that I have of being Liam's dad and things that God taught me through that relationship. But he's the first person that I loved with all of my heart unconditionally. I know we try to do that romantically, but <laughs> we do we practice and do our best to love each other unconditionally as husband and wife and in romance. But when you have a child, they're totally dependent on you. When I adopted Liam, he was totally dependent on me. And you learn this unconditional, beautiful love. So if you love, and that's the life God called us to. God tells us to love each other fervently. <laughs> that's the life he's called us to. Then, yeah, we are going to suffer and we are not to be surprised. Death should not take us by surprise. It should not take us by surprise. So number one is don't be surprised. And when we look at next time, know the end from the beginning. Just to give you a little a preview of coming attractions to know the end at the beginning. And the end at the beginning is going to be that reunion, that seeing your loved one again in new and wonderful ways as to the promises of the gospel, the promises of the resurrection, the promises of Jesus. Now, I know when it is so raw and it's so painful, we don't want them in heaven. We don't want to see them again. We want them here with us now. And this life is all we know. But God will produce that hope in us. Faith produces hope. Hope produces love. And to be honest, when, when Liam died, I, I, I could barely believe anything. My prayer was, I believe, Lord. Help me in my unbelief. And he did, and he will. I'm going to put a YouTube 
video of the eternal view of suffering that I taught during the COVID shutdown. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll put the link to Alpha Ministries in the show notes in case you want to check out their material because the eternal view of suffering is right from the Alpha Series workbook. So I will put those things in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you are bereaved, if you are going through the suffering of loss, we are here for you and we will be praying for you. Email me if you have any comments, any questions. Um, Email me if you listen and you have a story to tell and you'd like to be on the show. Reach out. Reach out. We need one another. Reach out. Until next time, remember God's grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in our weakness and nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. 